Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Music Challenge Podcast, where every week, three music-loving friends sit down and talk brass tacks about the music that has touched our lives. This season on the Music Challenge Podcast, we'll be talking about our formative four, the four albums that set us on our personal musical journeys. Where did your musical journey begin? Let us know who your formative four are. We'll be featuring listener selections along the way, and we just may feature your groundbreaking music grails. The albums that started it all for you and what you are listening to now. Let us know what we're missing out on and what we can be listening to. Email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for weekly episodes featuring some of the most influential albums of our past, present, and future. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the latest episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. And welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. My name is Andrew, and to my Zoom left, I have Judd. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And to my Zoom bottom center, I have Rob. Hey, guys, you ready for some Beastie Boys? Can't can't wait to talk about it. What's up? Yeah. So what we have for you uh, this week, whichever week it is, is... Uh, uh, our Beastie Boys Spectacular, and the story goes kind of like this, is that uh, uh, when we asked each other to submit our formative four, uh, each one of us put a Beastie Boys album down, and we, and didn't show, is, we didn't show them to each other. This is cool, guys. Listen to this. This is really cool. We didn't see them until we emailed them to each other. None of us looked because none of us Purposely. Right. And uh, we each put a Beastie Boys album down and we each put a different Beastie Boys album down. So and three and three amazing, amazing Beastie Boys albums. Yeah. If one of these isn't formative in your freaking wheelhouse, I would be shocked. But yeah. three unbelievable records. This is a big band. If it wasn't or you didn't know about it or didn't listen to it, you're going to go listen to it after this for sure. Yeah, you are. For sure. Um th- these guys, these guys will rock your socks off. I mean, For I don't know sure. what to say. I, I, I will say this really quick. I mean, I hated the Beastie Boys when it came down to those two MTV videos, but they're so not characteristic of who they are. I mean, it was obvious. It's like, okay, let's make ourselves, you know, we'll be good for money on life. And then we can do whatever the fuck we want. And they pretty much did. And uh, I mean, yeah. to, to think, so guys, we, if, do we want to introduce our three records? You want me to go first? Uh, um, license deal. Yeah. yeah we're license chronologically, deal right? So yeah, we're just, let's just kind of t- say what they are and then we'll go back. Uh, Rob chose yeah. license to ill. And right. uh, I chose Paul's boutique which obviously has not been mentioned yet tonight. And Jed chose Ill Communication. So out of a four album span, we got three albums. Uh, right, right. Skipping over Check it was Your the, Head. It was, the, it was the sweet spot. Right. I mean, Check but, Your Head's great too. But. but Check Your Head is great, but it is not Ill Communication. Jesus Christ, is that right? Check Your Head's great. Interplanetary, Intergalactic is great. Hot, yeah. hot, hot, what's that called? Hot Sauce Committee. Part one and two, that's great. Um, but what, this is uh, ill communications. Their this is the hot spot. It's their sweet spot for sure, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, no doubt about well, it. Well, yeah, there's different, you know, 
you're into different things at different times. Right. Absolutely. Of course. That's there's the kinda... there's the there's the rookie album, and then there's the one where you're kind of growing and uh, right. Well, I mean, where also you, where, where you sort of have like a or or you're like or you're, just you, go ahead. Want to go somewhere else? Or so, you have the well, I just kind of you know what age were you when you when you found them? And I was six, you know, sixteen at Paul's boutique. Rob might have been sixteen at the album you found them at, and you might have been sixteen at the album you found them at, or whatever. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I was I was younger than that, but I that is that younger. your is that 14. your discovery? True. Fourteen is when uh, like Paul's boutique came out, or uh, excuse me, fourteen is when License to Ill came out. Now, however, I did not listen to License to Ill because I just could not stand those two fucking songs. I could not stand the uh, people who liked those two songs. In front right, of 14 right. at when you were when License to Ill came out. You were old. Yeah, I was a I freshman think. in high school. It was 86. Yep. Oh, freshman? Oh, yeah, okay. 14. I, I, I was born in December. I was and it came out in November. So I was I was born in 73. So right there, I was 13 when that came out. And that was, so that is one year older than my daughter. Um, and I was hanging out with guys that were older than me. Um, my best friend was three years older than me, which is my older sister's age. And we were all kicking it. So 13-year-old kid kicking it with 16-year-olds. And a particular friend of my sister's and my best friend, his name was Mike, introduced me to this record. And it blew my freaking mind talking about uh, licensed tale, right? And, and I, of course, I knew like you got to fight and brass monkey, of course. And, obviously. Well, brass monkey is not bad. Well, I know, uh, I mean, but really, I, in I, particular, I want to make it clear I'm talking about not, Five Free Ride and uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, no which sleep, I thought right. were complete pieces of crap. But Five. the thing is, I think they did too. Absolutely. Well, they definitely did. And you're taking them out of context, and that album, in my eyes, should not be taken out of context. No, I but I'm taking it in the context of the they, pop culture. I, but if I, they I, if they didn't think they were garbage then, they certainly think it's garbage now. Because I've mm -hmm. seen some, I've seen, I've seen some interviews with those guys Dude, where they're Mike, like, Mike, Mike, no, they a giant pile of money that was made from those two songs, right? But they admit, it, but they admit that they were jokers when this game, when this album came out, and like I think they're jokers well, all the time. I mean, sure. I think, but yeah. but they kind of they got but they, 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 they say themselves that they were like they, I mean they were stupid kids you know they were like absolutely what 18 19 when they okay and they were right. stupid kids which became this rock and roll fantasy absolutely. I mean they're the first oh, exactly. ones to admit it they built up this totally. whole especially the posse thing you know on license to ill like they're three dudes on the run you right. know that's in right. multiple songs uh, it's amazing you know, dude and that is know, one of the and best it's awesome stories. that's when rap like caught me when i heard like we all knew the words to paul revere dude and we'd sit and sing it in the summertime yeah. and drink beer under i mean i was in the car i knew like, every freaking word of the yes. album it was like teen angst at its finest at that time like we had some good Good protest. I don't want to call it protest music, but good like angsty music done super well. I really think we did. Um, but that was that wrapped up, and of course, um, uh, I call it rebel no, rebellion, um, teenage rebellion. There you go. But yeah. it was it was a life changing record for me, and we would just listen to it on fucking loop. But Paul Revere, I remember when I realized we all knew the fucking words to it, and we'd sit there and sing it, and it was like so much goddamn fun. 
but we would never like skip. We'd always go in the order of the album, but it would just play over and over and over. That yeah. was a good summer. Stroh's freaking 30 packs, Beastie Boys. <laughs> and how old were you, like 14? Yeah, 13, 14. See, that it's is so funny because I Rock and or roll. But, my but, dark all, but all of us found that album when we were 14. Right. You know, that that album came out when I was six years That's old. That's exactly I still, what I, I was still, saying. I still found it when I was 14, which I We all found it ironic. at the perfect. same contiguous age. <laughs> right. Because perfect. it's perfect for a 14-year-old. Absolutely. It's like hilariously juvenile and jokestery and pranky and like just. Totally. It's obnoxious. It's but, so but, it's, but the thing is, that's their And they're yeah. so good at being obnoxious. They're so good at like absolutely being crude. Perfect. They're so good at. I mean, the thing is, they do it to such the hilt. It's hilarious. And they oh, yeah. know it's hilarious. And, well, and, and then I have made a, fun of themselves too on top yeah. of it. They yeah, were, I, mean, I mean, what a joke they, to think we're a posse. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I had three Jewish that. guys from Brooklyn, right? From <laughs> I had listened to that album in probably at least 10 15 years probably i mean i was i, I have two or three that i listen to and like or i might that might come up in a rotation sure but i don't listen to the whole album right right and i was i was shocked at the uh the maturity of the music in that album because i all i've always sort Rick of Rubin. As, as Dude, yeah. that's exactly i have always it. thought of it as His sort of that like that juvenile sort of rookie album that's like recorded like real rough were no no they, they knew where they were they at, knew man. exactly where they were going and they those where they wanted to be i thought about that too shit and i was blown away when i listened to the sat there and listened to the album a couple times because i really was not expecting that. they were obviously three talented motherfuckers who were just looking for an act I mean, because they, exactly they okay. were looking for a shtick, right? Right, and they were a punk band before that, and they proved and a on, pretty good one on Ill Communication, where they played all their own instruments. They proved Absolutely. they got straight up chops for punk, they and uh, for sure. So, in any case, that's Rob's formative four album, of The Beastie Boys. All right, so, you're up. Yeah, I know I'm up. Uh, so, uh, one of my formative four albums was Paul's Boutique, which was oh, the. Woo the resounding backup to uh uh license to ill and the band completely and utterly reinvented themselves from absolutely even the the musical sophistication of of license to ill um this band was this album is is known for perhaps having the most sampled tracks ever matter of fact a a seattle radio station did like a a eight hour a thon of Paul's right. Boutique, where they played every song. It was a two-day thing, I think. Every sample that they used in that album, I believe. And dissected it for, song. like, society, you know. And, right. like, it really laid out a map that was quite incredible. I was listening to this today on a single speaker in my in my garage, and it was so effing perfect because of all the 70s backbeats and stuff like that. It's you know, in it, the it, funky it, ass. Bow, oh bow, my bow. God. I, I remember hearing, and this is early on when Paul's Boutique first came out, and I remember Kurt Loder on MTV News saying something to the effect of, it's not selling very well, and it's not making traction with their, or, you know, their original audience, and it didn't sell very well initially. But I remember them interviewing the Beastie Boys, and they were like, we basically said we were going for like a 1976 Lakers look for this record. And do yeah. you see them in that video? And they're just like, 
big old like oh with the fluffy uh, yeah oh yeah for sure that's giant, exactly the, what they're going for the zip she's up got a gold tooth you know she's hardcore yeah well and they're living in they're like living in la when they're recording this they're like they like moved out there for this yeah um, just- so i you mentioned the word stories before and like uh, it's like so many of the songs on on this particular album anyway are stories about certain people just like weirdos they know like johnny royale is about a homeless guy but you know kind of a homeless guy they've built up in their mind or whatever written a song about the egg man is about a taxi driver who throws eggs at houses a drive-by egg and and uh geez what else we have here uh, wow. Car Thief is about a slick huckster that they, maybe they know, maybe they don't, but he thinks he's so slick and he's a car thief. Um, and, and, and this album, folks, is just like as thick and funky as it gets. Um, it is. It's just. Uh, Take the bass just- on Shank Your Rump. Jennifer and yeah. I were listening I, to it outside when we were doing some yard work. And I'm just like, listen to these guys, damn it. I should, and she early on in our relationship had mentioned that she was a humongous fan of, of the Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Like it was a really special album to her. So we listened to it today together. And it's just like, it's so goddamn good, dude. Right. And I mean, you know, everything on this album is done to like, 11 out of 12. I mean, the obnoxious obnoxious bass on on Shake Your Rump. Like the, I mean, the all-out fantastical pimpy things in the videos, you know, you know, all the girlies just won't, can't stay off them, you know, the guns, the jammies, the, you know, the whatever. And, and, you know, it's all giant obnoxious fantasy. That's what they call a gun at one point. I know uh, at at a lot of points they call it. (laughs) Yeah. I pulled out the jammy and aimed at the sky. sky. (laughs) Yeah. You'd stick them up and let two fly. Yeah. So, uh, that would be Paul Revere folks. Paul Revere back on, uh, back on there, but that's all right. I brought it up, but, uh, so, I mean, you know, the thing is it wasn't necessarily the stories that attracted me to it when I was, uh, geez, I want to say as a sophomore at this point. And, uh, it wasn't necessarily the stories. It was just the absolute the seventies backbeats and they're just yes. the absolute, I mean, if you listen to how these backbeats are interwoven on a song, I mean, I think it's so damn masterful. If you're not a DJ, you're never, you're never going to decipher what he's doing. I mean, like right. like multiple backbeats, just like to make this one cacophony of noise that they can either rap over and certain songs have absolutely nothing that they rap over and is like three minute rule i mean obviously it, it's three minutes long so each one gets a minute it's got like a quarter quarter note backbeat and that's it and it's like all right let's record it <laughs> and wow. they let it fly so in any case after you know license to ill like i said which i wasn't 
as exposed, I didn't buy the album. Uh, Paul's Boutique came out. And, and the thing is, I think at that point, I had heard License to Ill. And I was like, oh, I'm interested. But a friend of mine told me, it is nothing like License to Ill. Like, he's he's like, well, it's uh, it's way different. But you can dance to it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sea change for sure. But all of their albums are almost you can really You can really dance. Oh yes, yeah, right. you could shake every erogenous zone off your body to this album <laughs> if you want to. Absolutely. So that is why Paul's boutique. I'm is not sure if that's why, but that is why it is one of my formative four albums. Paul's boutique. Jed, what were you going to say about? Oh, I was going to say I think I think Paul's boutique at, at this point probably holds like number one or number two is like best party album of oh, all time. Dude, like amazing. Any <laughs> Drew but, and I were talking and, about it earlier, like. Almost anything on this album, if it's playing and you walk into a party, it's gonna feel like it's gonna yeah. be a party. Especially when if when I was, you know, like it's a party. 14, <laughs> 15. Yeah. This, it's this a party. Is a fuck, this is a all you need party. is a keg and Paul's boutique. I guess this is a college party. time. People were playing it, this in college. It ain't oh hell yeah. It ain't a party until Paul's boutique is playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, because not only it seems like I gotta say this about the Peace Boys. It seems like in about the two-thirds album of every album, they save their best stuff for like the last third of the album. The last and it, where they are just pounding it. I mean, just pounding it. And the last like, half yeah, of that's, Ill that's communication. the exploration, you know, quarter or third. Or kind of, but I feel I was, like in license to ill, the second half is that's that's just I feel like in almost every case it's just their wheelhouse. Yep. I mean, not but so much exploration, but like, they're, hold it now, really hit it, at, hit it, hit it. They're really good at openers, though, too. The first tune is always like fucking knock your socks. Some sort of slinky pimpy. I mean, on Paul's Boutique, it's for all the girls. Right. Yeah, which I think I, fi- I, fi- I find that to be very outside of the out of the wheelhouse for them. Like, I, I'm always surprised by that opening song because it doesn't feel like so it's it's way too like. I mean, I guess it fits the the feel of the album. It's the sort of Which like. What are you talking about? But that's only Paul's that's only like a, a thirty second all the girls. interlude, right? It's not. Yeah, I would say it's a producer song more than anything. I don't. I don't think. I don't consider that. You don't first, consider it the first song. I oh, do consider it the first well, song. I. Uh, they do, so I do. No, I get it. It's a minute. It's a minute and a half, and then it, oh, it okay. bounces. All right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is some sometimes a lot of things have to do with the the combination of one, you know one song flowing into the other. Exactly. So to Taking, all the girls bouncing into "Shake Your Rump," like it it right. amplify it, you know the amplitude of that is greater than just bouncing into. I agree. Contrast. It's still the first song they album. Absolutely, uh, Jed. But, but all right, it's the, your album. Go ahead. All right, uh, and my album is "Ill Communication." Which God, was what a great their album. fourth album, and amazing, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you know, I b- I bounced into this album after I I listened to License to Ill, uh, starting off early on in my teen years, 13, right. 14 years old, and then I completely missed Paul's Boutique, and so coming into like, I think I don't, a lot of people might have. Yeah, I think it was just that it thing. Like it wasn't, Honestly. it wasn't publicized. It wasn't, it was a little different. It was off-brand. And, uh, yeah, so I definitely heard about it, but like it wasn't like with my fourteen dollars or whatever for the album. I'm gonna go for the mm-hmm. when I go in there when like both of them are sitting there. I'm gonna Something go for the you know is a lock double disc, you know. Plus, it yeah, and I, I, and I, I don't, I honestly don't even think I knew 
any of either of those albums. I just, I reached for the one. I was like, well, there's more music on this. And I like, right. It was a dope cover. And I was like, all right, let's go for it. And it was like, you know, it, it hits all the marks that all of my other, my, my three other formative four do. And it's eclectic and gets weird and they slow everything down. And the instrumentation is, is changed and uh it's them i mean because it's, it's actually them playing I believe yeah they, they it's all them. the instrumentation on this album yeah and and that that counts for something and it makes it there's, yeah. there's just this weird fluidity with it that i never i mean again i i listened to this before i knew anything about the album and i just kind of immersed myself in it and skated it skated to it and it's got you know, so like, many layers the, and it was just this build of like, there's so much to this. And it had this punk thing that I was into. I mean, hip hop thing that I was, it had that world to. beats. But What's your deal with world beats, dude? I noticed that today. That's what I'm saying. Like, Damn, this is fucking a rap. But this is the, this is the album that like, this album sent me in, in a bunch of different directions with music and like, hell yes. It's dude. the, it's the one that sent me down like, getting into sort of some EDM stuff and exploratory sort of like organic live music EDM, which I'm really into. And, uh, you know, like all sorts of, you know, and hip hop. And I, you know, it goes without saying, but I don't know. It's awesome. It's amazing. So amazing. I mean, it was, it was like, it was unlike, it was unlike anything I'd ever found. Yeah, exactly. A layered texture that I hadn't really heard music before. I was going to say tapestry. Ooh. and I'm not sitting here trying to uh, compare um, Sublime to this, but tell me but. that like it it's got that sort of depth and like like variation in like fun lyrics, like tongue in cheek almost. But, oh, definitely. Like, um, I mean, that, Sublime, I guess that's more. But go Sublime ahead. steal a line from them in Paul's boutique, don't they? Right. Yes, they do. <laughs> I had it. I'm like, I'm. It's slipping I heard from it my mind today. right now. But I was like, eh, oh yeah. <laughs> so bounce back. So I listened to Ill Communication today when I was cutting the lawn, everybody. And it, it next week when you got to cut the lawn again. I swear, put this on. You it, you'll have a blast. It was partake in whatever you partake yeah, in. Exactly. Get yourself all lubed up and get out there and sweat a little bit and listen 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 to ill community. But I was delighted and I and what I did today all day was listen to the Beastie Boys. It just went through in order and then I went back to different spots on all three of the yeah, because um, like a, a, at a time you could tell where we were on the right the albums, you know. <laughs> right, totally. As we texted we're, each other, like this song's incredible. It's like, oh, exactly. I'm only five minutes ahead of you. Right, it's crazy, but it's just fun music to listen to, especially on like an eighty degree sunny day, you know, outside drinking some cold old style and smoking some smoke and. Yeah, and anyway, I I spent a lot of time skiing with this in headphones, Dude, like this on my on my one. sports on my sports walk. I, I spent sport. a lot of time driving with You're this water on. resistant. Yeah, this would be good driving. Music well, too. actually, Paul's it's great. This is yeah. I, Ill communication was really, laying on the floor of my college 
I don't even know what to call it, apartment. Uh, probably a coaster. Yeah, just like trying not to throw up after I came home from the bars. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a stay up like all through the night driving across country album. The, the the last two, I mean, Paul's Boutique and License to Ill are definitely albums that you can just rock through. Sure. And then jump into Sublime and then jump into like Rage Against it's, the Machine. There you go. You're, like, you're in Colorado. So many, so many, so many <laughs> rage do that two or three times. Illinois state line. <laughs> in, in so many rage influences in here too. Like that, I was thinking about that because guys. Okay. Oh yeah, you called that I out. Tell you what, out there. Go ahead. I tell you what. Why don't we take a break here? And, okay. uh, you know, after we we've all got our formative foreign, and uh, and then we'll come back and discuss the Beastie Boys at large. Uh, geez, what should we take it out on here? Uh, let's mm. take it take it out on um, what was that MCA tune that I sent you today that I couldn't get enough uh, of? Oh, it was uh, I got a, the update. Uh, we'll take it out on the update. It's so, great. Tune, guys. It's great. It's raucous. I mean, which is all part of their stick. So, uh, folks, we'll see you in a couple of minutes, and then we're going to have the great Beastie Boys spectacular conversation <laughs> at large. <laughs> the buffet. See, yes, I've been calling it that for the last couple of weeks, and <laughs> we won't and, and we won't be tripping over our words. We hope at this point, but anyway, we hope we'll we hope. To, you guys maybe. In a all right, we'll see you in a bit. Bye. Remember, everyone, we want you to submit your formative four. Tell us the musical seeds that set you on your path, and we might review one of your albums right here on the air. You can get on our blog at musicchallenge.fireside.fm or email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Also, you can slip into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Come as close to four as you can, but if you need more or less, that's all right, too. Remember musicchallengepod at gmail.com and you can hear us discuss one of your albums. Welcome back to the Music Challenge Podcast. We just listened to Sabotage to bring us back into the Beastie Boys Bonanza Spectacular Conversation. And uh, second segment of many segments. Yeah, Roman numeral two. Uh, so I want to, I just want to encourage you guys to uh, jump into our Facebook page, which is Music Challenge Pod, uh, to start t- typing it in. It'll take you there or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Actually, there's seem, seemingly some 
some people, people talk and stuff sometimes. Yeah, people right. talk. There's right. conversation. Uh, it's nice to hear from you folks. You can subscribe to the podcast from there. Uh, and, you know, it, yes. So go to our Facebook page. It'll give you the link to subscribe. Uh, subscribe, folks. Subscribe. Just get this every week. You'll, you'll, you'll feel better. And the deal is, and the deal is like listen. You can laugh at us that you like. Yeah, if you think that like it's a stupid album, listen to the album. Like listen to the podcast. We challenge and and, like see see what we challenge you to listen to the podcast. Hence the music challenge. I felt plenty (laughs) challenged. I'll tell you that. you know, knowing where the Beastie Boys came from, which is like a punk culture type thing, which is all about authenticity. For sure. And uh, not necessarily and beer uh, and drinks. musical merit, but like authenticity, right? Right. And and it had to be freaking loud. What was that? What was it? Stay, say that statement again. Three chords in a... Three chords in the truth. <laughs> Three uh, chords it's in the truth. that simple. I mean, you know, you got three chords to express yourself. And uh, there's usually some social discourse involved, but I mean, right. Uh, for ill communication, I might as well mention like they played all their own instruments. So, uh, right. And, and they do throw some of their punk on there. And I'm not telling you it's a punk album, but they used to be a punk band and they like to play punk. But, the, uh, but there's they, a handful of punk songs or punk influenced parts that in, without question. Right. Oh, they're punk songs for no doubt, and right. they've got the chops. They've got they the, do. They have the complete chops to have oh. played next to Bad Brains, which and, I found yeah, kind of kind of odd because they sounded to me like West Coast punk when they started playing punk. Oh yeah, they were sounded like I mean, like early young suicide. Aborigines were a were a hardcore punk band, right? Like their their previous band with uh, what's her name, Kate. Schellenbach on drums like wasn't she uh, oh was that was that she was like the one they that she was the, she was the drummer for the for their punk band and uh and they ended up she like got let go they were like she, hey, we need she, yeah she she departed the band they just didn't pick her up one night for a show. I think well yeah I think wow. they just they like they I, I saw an interview with them and they were like yeah we were it's really regretful because we were like such assholes like like we we started like we're like we decided we wanted to be a hip hop band, and then like right. the, like she didn't fit in with this like like cool ass hip hop like right. b boy vibe we were going for, and like she couldn't we just she dumped couldn't her be ass. part of the posse. And like, thank God that she's still friends with us because wow. we were such dicks to her. Well, was like I, I thought it was fascinating, like that those little like those little gems of like the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely, that, dude. the drama I mean, that goes into figuring out. I mean. Because if they had kept her on, they wouldn't be the Beastie Boys. Like, you know, right. like they, they did this dick move that could have made it fart out or whatever. But yeah, like, who knows I mean, what would have happened? Pink Floyd. What if they and, kept Sid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, um, and it probably would have gone probably in, you know more into that. What I found place. what what I found pretty neat about doing a little research on um, License to Ill was. It obviously that was a Rick Rubin record, and again back to the whole um, phenomenon that we talked about before, Jed. You know we're listening to these albums critically, so you you listen to it differently than you've ever listened to it before, almost. Oh, as a fan, and absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a different, fun way to examine a record to listen to it that way, knowing that you're going to talk about it, right? But you could hear Rubin all over 
License to Ill. Yeah, I mean, it was there was parts where I was just like, Jesus, that is just textbook. Ruby. So what else has he done? And, and he he was still in college, living in his dorm when he recorded that freaking record. Is that where else would I know Rick Rubin? Um, he he produced um, uh, um, in utero, um, but he's but who okay. but who but who else? He's done some. Uh, he did like, a bunch of stuff and, for, for, and thrash, for Def Jam. For though, Def like, Jam, correct. DJ right. Jazzy Jeff, like, you know, all uh, the... But all the way up to, like, didn't he do, like, Cube or not, maybe not Cube, but um, maybe, like... He did the, uh, the Aerosmith Run DMC collaboration. I think he did all of Run DMC's records. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. All right. But then he Just then he started to dabble. He started to dabble into metal. Oh yeah, he did like metal. a bunch of Danzig, like, Masters of Reality, Slayer. I think he's done a couple records for Megadeth. Um, he's like one. But of he those started as a DJ and like he DJed on that album, right? right. So he was um, still like on licensed tail. Oh well, basically, I mean, he was producing it. So at that point, right? He was, he was. Yeah, he was in, mixing all those. putting in those samples in on all three of these records, but obviously that was the inception of using samples. And of course, they used some of my favorite samples from um, Led Zeppelin for Christ's sake. I mean, it's all over Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. All, over, all over the record. But the way they were used was just masterful. I mean, the backwards like, beat on Paul Revere is pretty yes, fucking masterful. Exactly. got rick rubin all over it he had to come up with that i mean they were rhyming and they were great you know but um so so drew tell tell us about some moving moments in paul's boutique like what what gives you chills or what do you oh god i mean uh shaky rump actually is is right away smacks me in the face because that bass on that song is is fucking obnoxious the, the I mean, it's, the, it's built to destroy your car is what it's built oh, to do the opening track you're building so I was, down to its foundation or something like that so i was in jennifer's forester when i was listening to that and that bass freaking drops dude i was like whoa holy yeah. cow they do a lot of uh dynamics on that album where like all of a sudden the stereo settings stereo settings the eq settings will change on what they're doing and it just like all of a sudden makes a whole new environment in which you're in totally. Totally. uh but like shake your rump and then you know like the video for it was just obscene and uh uh not obscene it was just obscenely good uh hey lady
other thing I wanted to mention too was like the way they name dropped or 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 integrated like famous people. Well, it's every single thing they say is Rod Rod Carew. I mean, that is a again more hits than Rod Carew. Yeah. It got more hits than Sadahara O. Sadahara O is the home run champion of Japan, by the way. (laughs) Anthony Mason, for Christ's sake, they mentioned, I noticed today. I'm like, how have I missed that? They said Anthony Mason. I mean, it's almost like everything they say is a pop culture reference. It's just like, at least on that album. They were the masters of delivering it's all over real communication too so i have um, this beautiful picture of the beastie boys and bootsy collins and dude. i gotta i gotta say i mean what i mean what i guess why i'm bringing that up is is i guess god what do we i mean just think of d light with bootsy collins which would have been the which beastie i had it that was a big album for me it was a good album yeah that girl could sing man but i guess i mean like that's that's the high level of the boots uh, of the beastie boys is like you know those are the people they're running with you know and those are the people they're rapping about oh know? yeah and, and like absolutely and they respected and and, and respected them absolutely you don't can yeah. you imagine and held them up i mean like chuck d I mean, I think he, they, I think he, they, didn't they record, like, I think they recorded on, like, he was on their label for a whole bunch, for a whole bunch of time. Oh, Chuck D was on Def Jam, absolutely. That's yeah. Ru- Russell Simmons' old record label right. now. Um, what's his, what's his name? Beyonce's, oh, why can't I think of his name? J- um, Jay-Z. Yes, is, that's the word I was looking for, Z. Jay-Z, he, <laughs> yeah, who is a tremendously talented and smart guy, um, especially if Russell... Uh, what do they so call him in England? Jay Z. Jay Z. Maybe that's a that would be very interesting to see if that's the case. Let's because make of, a phone call. Uh, Russell Simmons. Be- Russell Simmons was actually my. Uh, he spoke at my college graduation. Mm-mm. Are you I fucking sh- kidding me, dude? I shit you not. But uh, yeah, I should look up. I should look up that speech and see if it's recorded because I want to listen to it again. Because I, dude, that's you know, amazing. Who is Russell? College Simmons? graduations. Of course, I wasn't. Where did you go to school, Jed? How do I not know? I, this is Columbia, Columbia College in Chicago. Dude, and Russell Simmons spoke for your commence. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I actually really didn't cool. know you went to Columbia. I did. I did indeed. You're lying. Yeah, he's. This is all it, just. You know what was bullshit. embarrassing? One time it's when I said I went. Voice fantasy. One time I said I went to Columbia, and mm. everyone uh, thought that I went to went the other, South America, the, the other yeah. Columbia. No, Columbia in New York. No, no, yeah, in New York, oh, and they were like oh. very, yeah, very league. impressed. And then That's I had to be amazing. like, actually, no, I went to the art school. It was where I take took, took pictures and got a degree in art. That's <laughs> awesome. like, oh, so you're a waiter. But Columbia, yeah, pretty much. Co- Columbia. I'm a poet. Oh yeah. What are your tips like? Columbia, New York is like badass, though, right? It's Ivy League. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Ivy League. Oh, it is Ivy. It's Ivy. like Stanford mm-hmm. and so uh, all right. NYU and shit. Back, that's where I think Somewhere that's where Rick Rubin. I think that's where Rick Rubin. Maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, I know that he was still in college, living in a dorm when he recorded or was the producer of that record. And then there was some sort of falling out, which I didn't read deeply into, but there was some sort of falling out. Yeah. I couldn't figure out exactly what happened there, but like it was, it was hilarious reading his interview about, 
like how like how he met him met them because he met he met mike d first at like a you know like an mc night you know some sort of like battle thing or something okay it was like i thought he was a total fucking asshole <laughs> and then like i started hanging with these guys and i realized that they were just like it was a stoofy and it was and it, right. and it was funny and it was like right. and even if they were assholes it was like they were doing it for the gag you know absolutely like, which is it's I funny mean, too it's I a, read, that's a long gag i, <laughs> I read keep some, it playing this long i read something today that mike d came out like i don't know if how long the gag go ahead i that mike d came out like 1998 and said he apologized yeah. because this this record was supposed to be called something else and it was a derogatory term um but good homosexuals way Yes, and they obviously didn't do that, but there's some references on License to Ill that are kind of not so great. And he said, basically, we were young with um, with life and, and learning that we were, you know, basically being dickheads when we were saying that. So we apologize and we've learned from that. And yeah, I mean, it, which is freaking I mean, awesome. when you're 16, the world looks different than when you're four. Oh, yeah. Your outlook on everything is a lot different. I mean, let's face and it. You're for dumb. them to for them to acknowledge that is pretty damn cool, though. I mean, it's neat. Um, but I, they were they were quality dudes in MCA, dude. When he died, that was one of those that just yeah. That's one that actually I made got me doing hurt. My fantasy football team, I made in my uh, or my baseball team, I made in my icon for the rest of the year. Hell's yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that one roughed me up because, uh, God damn it, there's only one of them. And uh, and I got to give a shout out. Freaking Q-Tip on Ill Communication just delivers, dude. rocks down with the Ioni. Listen to the shit because both of them is bony. Got to do it like this, like Chachi and Joni. She's a cheese and I'm the macaroni, so why? I love that about music. You can put something on the shelf for a long time and then you listen to it and it just, it catches you just like it did the first time you heard it. It's just say some does, some doesn't. See, that's, yeah. that's, well, yeah, I've, that always struck me as, as something that I found amazing about Drew's listening. Cause he said, like, you, we've had that conversation where you talk about, shelf you'll put, you'll, yeah, you'll shelf stuff that's like really sure. important for like, oh God, yeah, like that. Mm. And I don't have that patience. Like, I, I come back to it and I might not listen through the whole thing, but I like, sure. I want to like visit my friend, you know, like I want to be like, right. hey, yeah. hey guys, for me, yeah, it's like, I, I want to dabble yeah. a little bit. I want my time with my friend to be so special that I only pull it's like top shelf type stuff. I mean, I can think of some examples, but I mean, it's not really important, but I mean, you know, like, uh, for an album i mean i can think of concerts that i only pull out you know but, but and that's or, okay in, in ex- not even what's every a, year what's the what's the, zappa, what's the zappa album what's the like oh wow blue moon zappa album uh the blue moon zappa album is probably um now you're making me hungry i want a blooming onion go ahead uh, I bet these guys definitely I bet, I bet, elsewhere i, 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 I love these that. guys respected the shit out of zappa it's oh, definitely Roxy. Yeah. Roxy playful weirdness. Is, put your ears on like Roxy and elsewhere sometimes, kids. And you're amazing. gonna have a feast of light and you're gonna figure out everything that, that dude is about. 
and you're going to go out and you're going to want to hear more. And uh, so, yes, that is top shelf Zappa to me where I don't even pull it out every year. I don't pull it out, you know, I mean, the other stuff is even more interesting, but like that, it was my baby. And like, I, you know, it's a personal thing. It's like, you know, that, that I go back to that to hear good vibes, you know? Yep. To, to go, to I go off that. on, uh, on a Roxy and elsewhere tangent, um, Drew and I years back saw, um, Dweezil Zappa in his cast of crazy ass studio <sighs> musicians. When did we see that? Play. Do you remember that? That was at the Copernicus Center right by my old place in the city. Yeah. That, it was like a, it was like a mini Chicago. Oh theater. yeah. That's where we, we met had, at the bar beforehand. Right. That little dive you know, I was bar. in the first row center for that show. <laughs> we had, we had amazing seats for that show in the two, all the two multi-instrumentalists, that dude that picked up everything and played it and sang yeah, and the yeah, girl yeah. behind him. Yeah. I mean, they were absolutely ridiculous. And Dweezil's yeah. no slouch. I mean, you can play guitar. Yeah, that's been, that's been yes. on my list for yeah. What was your take on that? Was it, was uh, it my was personal it, take? Was it, was it respectable? Yes, oh, yeah. very much so. Like it was very like, much so. Runs these guys the, through the, the I mean, he hires extremely good musicians. Absolutely. Why wouldn't he? Well, because they try and do it on the cheap. Well, they want to make a profit on those tours. They and, charge. And they, they, so charge they, don't, they don't hire anyone with a name, and right. you know, so that's why not. So that's why, obviously, he's got to have a ton of turnover because he gives them yeah, name. Exactly. People see. Well, him. it was the Zappa play Zappa, right? Like correct, right. correct. In the, the so night it can be, before, so it can specifically so like the be very a rotating first cast. <laughs> the very first Zappa tour play. they had, they would have Steve Vai step in for a little for a few songs. Steve who was a, who was yeah. a ri- Steve an original Vi- member. Yeah. Steve Vai is a, came from Zappa. No, I know. I'm just, I'm surprised. Yeah, so Steve, Steve, I would come in and do a couple of songs. What uh, about Terry Napoleon Burles. Murphy? Well, Napoleon, Napoleon Murphy. No, they didn't invite him back. Uh, um, who else? Jeez. Uh, oh, George Terry Bozio. King? Terry Bozio. But see, Napoleon Murphy Brock did all the shit with Project Object, and the family was against Project and Object. That's, and that's what I was wondering, because they would gail his... Uh, I shouldn't even bring up her name, but anyways, his his, act, wife. his wife would send uh, seat and desist letters to venues in Project Object. Everything. And, I mean, we've had we've Drew and I have also seen Project Object at this great venue in Chicago called Martyrs for five freaking dollars, dude. And in <laughs> Napoleon Murphy Brock was on stage with them, and they were just playing the music of Zappa and absolutely crushing it. And he's still all, or he was all about the performance. Oh. Oh, I mean, yeah. he did not shirk shit. I, mean, I hugged him did. one night after a show, and he's like, "You know, that's what's missing, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And it was Frank. Frank said, like, oh, "Hell yeah, like, dude!" Yeah. I mean, yeah. he would bust out some of those fucking thick tone solos, and you're just like, "Oh, the deep is. neck solos, like the lowdown." Yeah, yeah. For so, sure. anyways, there's our Zappa tangent. So, what's your favorite songs on License to Ill, Rob? Um, like I said earlier, Paul Revere. I mean, it's so, um, it's so special to me, and it's so funny when you the first song that Drew texted me today because we were all, of course, listening to Beastie Boys all day, and it, uh, hit it, hold it now, 
Um, yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I love that freaking tune. And you said you're like, I'm rocking, get my oil change, rocking out to this freaking song. It's yeah. just, those are two of my favorites. Um, It's just to me. It seems like they're album. just getting so rolling at that part of the album. Like, like yeah, holding out, hit it to me is just like this is who we are. This is yeah. who we, we're arriving just, on the scene, and it's almost like the part of the album where they grab their identity. Totally, I, yeah, I think that I starts. That. To, yeah, it's yeah. It does seem like there's like a lot of exploring, like figuring out kind of that transition from like. It almost seems guys, like the like, no. By now we're like we're doing something else. It almost seems right. like the latter third of that album almost leans towards Paul's boutique. Totally. Oh it's, yeah. And it's, it's really they start kind of, I mean, they, they start kind it's of almost a bridge. That. Yeah. Um, and even though Paul's boutique is light years away from the license to ill, as far as just like musical stylings. Absolutely. And, and, but somehow like the bridge kind of starts getting crossed later in that album, even though I, I, do not know if, I mean, they didn't have the same producer for the next album. So correct, really it was sure. the it was the Dust Brothers, right, for Paul's Boutique, and then who mm-hmm. did? I don't know who did um, Check Your Head and then Ill Communication. To be honest with you, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if the same dude did it for both, but I'm not sure. Could have because almost the, to me those are yeah, almost Mario, two Mario, albums. Mario, Mario C, Otto, Mario C did uh, in the Ill, place to uh, be Ill Communication. I'm not sure about Check Your Head. I always wanted to listen to Chuck. Just to yeah, it was. I, I yeah, that was like I, like, ran out of, I ran out of time to like fit that in. I think I love Check Your Head. It's a it's a Slow great and, album. Dude, I mean, everyone it, I everyone I I asked like forty five people what their favorite Beastie Boys right. album, and it was every single one of them said Paul's Boutique or Check Your Head. No I, shit. I don't remember. I was kind of. I was kind of shocked. Remember getting uh, asked about that. Um, well, I asked people. I asked people that were not involved. Forty-five in people. Maybe not forty-five. But over the years, do you think? I think Jed's asked forty-five people what their favorite Beasties record is over the years. I'm just yeah, saying. probably okay, like. I, there you go. You do stand up for each other. That's great. Oh boy. There you go. It's, I mean, those we're are the trolling. Convers- we're we're trolling them again. Those are the conversations <laughs> that make friends, Drew. Come on, absolutely. You know this. Yeah, That's what we right. bonded over. Yeah, I mean, those times are past. Talking. Um, so, uh, and to go back, can I go back to License Tale, guys? Yes. Right. And, and with all these records, I mean, the, the second half, you nailed it earlier, Drew. The second half of each one of these records. Is, each is one. That's what fucking, I thought, too. Fucking phenomenal, dude. In the, in the opener, and I know you don't call... The second track um, on Paul's Boutique, the opener. But anyways, Check they're good. They're they're good at openers. They just are. They can open a fucking record. Absolutely. Me. Oh yeah, no doubt. 
it's it's um listen it's, to th- i mean they're so good at we are there. here right they're so right. good at the we are here type track totally hey yeah. anywhere in the album right. is like track 18 hey we're totally. still here like with the totally. update it's like uh bad, and like bad. in paul's boutique if it's a creeper it's introducing the album as a whole it's an and introduction. style correct i mean it's an introduction to as far as paul's boutique goes i need to mention the b-boy bully bass which is oh, oh my god whole string of snippets at the end of uh, which is <laughs> in my so opinion i mean good. that's a, that can never be done again no i mean it can't with licensing agreements and all that kind of shit and and no that's it, why i mean these, is a monument of, of is just an absolute like i mean put that fucking song in the rock and roll hall of fame because i mean holy shit i mean absolutely it's not even a song it's like snippets of one thing next to another and it's just like oh yeah it's like minutes at a time dude they they use superfly for christ's sake i mean it's just a lot the sampling the sampling was absolutely masterful absolutely and and you obviously had to have some content. You had to have good stories, good rhymes. Um, but they knew each other so well, and they would play off of each other. Sure it, seemed like it. It, it was it, it was just freaking awesome. But it, amazing, amazing records. And what was that other one that caught me? Um, Bodhisattva. Um, uh, Bodhisattva You or something like that? Yes. God damn, is that a jam, dude. <laughs> I mean, right, wow. which starts with the Shambhala, which is the whole like the whole throat singing, and then it goes into that buzz off of you where it's just like all of a sudden MZA comes in and does that crazy oh yeah rhyme where it's like it's got live action noises in it and shit like that. It's just, and they did that, they did that like reverby and then delay and sometimes mm-hmm. vocals and just delivered it perfectly almost like it's almost like and that's the producer's credit yeah it's almost like so trippy and like you know what i'm saying it's it's just a freaking cool way of of rhyming and i mean it's really again um that zach de from rage against the machine i can hear it all over ill communication i mean all over it all right i'll take your word for that yeah, that's another that's another band that you should dive into just a little bit. I'll I'll give you some snippets. I think you'll it it's really cool. Yeah, we'll have to uh I'll see what you have to give me. What do you what do you think, folks? Rage Against the Machine. Dude, send us in your thoughts on Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah. First first two records. Obviously the first one was huge, but the second one's my favorite. Anyways. We're still and, trying to get through the emails from the rest of the season, but we'll try and get through those. <laughs> right. We'll soon. try and get to those. Yeah. Um, uh all right. I think it's time to uh perhaps wrap it up on the music challenge podcast for this week. Wanna remind you to check into our Facebook channel, Music Challenge Pod. 
there you'll see all types of goodies for uh, you know us direct links to our subscribe channel all that kind of stuff so just go there and check it out and eventually you'll find the whole web of our empire if you if you choose to and, uh, and, guys, and guys send us send us your formative four i know i harp on you every week but even if it's one think about it well it was formative to you send it to us we want to check it out yeah, yeah. we'd love to uh, that's just the albums that were post like think about what what was important you know when you were growing up absolutely just let us know <laughs> all right uh all right guys thanks, thanks for, for checking out the music through. challenge podcast and good night to our panel and good night for the rest of us thanks bye thanks Joe. wow